as my favorite Easter joke goes, Jesus said, yeah, I went, I went to supper with the disciples, drank some wine, passed out for three days, and woke up in a tomb. Like, it was a crazy party. Was yeah, crazy. There it, I like that. That was some Seder you know, we celebrated. And, and Jesus is a sad drunk, right? He goes to the garden yeah. and like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Take this cup. Welcome to episode 87 of Pub Theology Live, a weekly conversation on life and faith over a craft brew pint of fine wine or whatever happens to be in your glass. You can catch new episodes weekly as the Reverends Shannon Meacham, Ogan Holder, and yours truly, Brian Burkoff, address and engage what's happening through a theological lens, usually with a good brew in hand. And we are brought to you by Wink Wine Club, W-I-N-C, Wink. Visual, yeah, seriously, you guys who are listening, audio-wise, <laughs> you've got to watch the video on day just to see what we do there. That's, it's weird. Uh, wink. They can figure, <laughs> I, gu- I guarantee they can guess. Anyway. <laughs> and they, though, I mean, it's one thing to guess, but then to actually see it, <laughs> the two may not meet up. Uh, Wink features superbly crafted wines delivered right to your door, and you can get started at trainwink.com slash ptlive for $20 off your first order and some other savings. Even better, how about three bottles on us? If you'd like to sample the offerings from Wink, all you need to do is pay tax and ship in. We will take care of the bottles, and to get entered for that, please leave us a voicemail, 980-PT-LIVE-0. That's 980-785-4830. Or shoot us an email at info at pubtheology.com. Questions that you want us to discuss, comments from previous discussions, complaints, queries, anything. Why do these promotional things at the beginning last so long? Anything you want to share, automatically enter to get some free wine. We pull one winner every month. And want to join us for a live recording of our 100th episode coming up. Join us at the Wild Goose Festival, July 12th through 15th in Hot Springs, North Carolina. The Wild Goose is a gathering of progressive spiritual thought leaders, artists, activists, centers on spirit, justice, music, and art. Get your tickets at wildgoosefestival.org. Awesome. You can also, of course, join our conversation on Twitter or Facebook using hashtag PTLive. And today, well, we made it through Easter, so we're going to discuss some Easter aftermath, uh, maybe what our favorite candy is, was, if it's gone already, uh, some self-care, uh, because, you know, is Easter harder for pastors than it was for Jesus? I'm, I'm not sure, but maybe may worth asking. <laughs> we'll also discuss what does it mean to say the resurrection is true, and is everything an interpretation? We'll get into it. But what are we drinking to help us along the way? All right. I am drinking a still local brew, but um, it is very appropriate for the Easter season. The Brewer's Art Resurrection Ale. Ooh, nice. That's a good Um, one. Which is my Easter ale. So we're we're having some resurrection through the glass today. (laughs) Nice. Awesome. Um, I went to uh, refill my my beer stock and... 
I figured it's beginning to, you know, warm up a little. Spring's coming slowly, but surely it's working its way in there. So I thought I'd switch from the darker varieties to something a lighter, a brown ale. And I could not pass up this one simply because of the name of this beer. It is a sticky toffee put-in ale. Oh, my <laughs> word. Sticky toffee put-in ale. What could possibly go, go wrong? wrong. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Out of England. Excellent. Well, Lent is over, so Yay! I am breaking Brian's my beer. Again. <laughs> my beer fast. I was hoping it would be a celebratory pint, but instead, mm. I'm having an all-day IPA from Founders because I'm kind of sad all day today. As <laughs> my my team lost, they were one game from the title, but Villanova prevailed, deservedly so. But I'm so happy to have a beer. <laughs> we'll pour, we pour a little out for the Wolverines. Exactly. <laughs> It's an extra large one because I might need it. (laughs) I know. I was thinking today feels like a two beer day, but I didn't do it. So, (laughs) you know, this is, this tastes like a little caramelly, caramelly. Is that the word I want? Yeah. Some caramel, um, um, not even aftertaste, pre-taste, whatever. Like that's the first thing I taste the sweetness, but then the brown ale kicks in. It's actually not bad. All right. Mm. Mine tastes like open tombs where stones are rolled away and oh. men in dazzling white and <laughs> my my beer doesn't have much caramel which maybe <laughs> makes it caramel light boom okay sorry <laughs> so um, you know i didn't want to get it but i got it <laughs> yeah, yeah i know it was terrible it was one of those you don't want to you don't want to find that funny he wanted beer. none of those jokes well oh, okay let's just keep going on <laughs> so uh shannon are your kids uh still young enough i assume they are to enjoy like an easter egg hunt or or to get an easter basket with candy yeah yeah so um the oldest is 10 so they are still all in on this and i i actually um i don't know if i told this told the story at christmas but like at christmas i was like i was so ready to bring maggie our oldest in on in on it yes like in on this right i was ready to not have to do all the hiding you know um, but, uh, no, she's, she is still all in. She wow. believes till the, till the end. So yeah, they, they uh, were at their father's house for, um, Easter morning. They, they always come to church, but then, you know, we're at his. So when I thought they, those were the same, I thought those were the same place, church, father's house. Oh <laughs> boy. Oh, see, oh my God. Oh, Brian started. Oh, Brian started. I, I had, as soon as you said that, I had the. <laughs> the song in the back of my head. I'm like, nope, stop that. Um, in my father's house, there are many, many rooms. Um, so they brought home yesterday when they came, they brought this um, five or like one gallon, you know, Ziploc bag full of candy. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of candy. There's, a lot the way, of candy. there's still candy from Christmas and <laughs> oh, man. from Halloween. Like, yeah, no, not Halloween because I threw it away. But I like I'm I'm like now I can throw away the Christmas candy. Yeah. Like, and of course I've eaten all the good stuff out of it, so it's fine. You know, whatever. But uh, they forget about it after a while. So, but my favorite Easter candy. So I feel like you know some even though packaging now they've uh, they've made all candy whatever season, and it used to not be that way. It used to be able to only get peeps at Easter, but now you, right. you know whatever. Yeah. Um. So, you know, I'm not a huge jelly bean fan, but like everybody else in my house is. So these Starburst jelly beans are all over my house right now. 
which also feels like a very Eastery candy. Yep. Um, but for me, it's it's the Cadbury eggs, specifically the caramel Cadbury eggs. Yeah. Nice. Like that's that's the Easter treat. That's right the there. money right there. It is. Yeah. yeah. Ogan, you yeah. have a favorite. Chris, uh... Christmas is different, but that's the Easter one. Nice. My favorite Easter candy, Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> what? More does specifically, that, does that fit the category. More specifically, the caramel delights. <laughs> yes, you see, yeah, buy them, so buy them. I get them, and I just hang on to a couple boxes. And Easter, boom. The caramel light delights. Caramel, caramel exactly. delights. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's a theme. Back to so does caramel lights. And Skittles, Skittles are good all year round. Oh, Skittles are good anytime. And they're already they're already festively colored for the occasion. Yeah. So no. who knew? Apparently, there's a thing now where a leprechaun comes on St. Patrick's Day and brings you candy. Oh my word! Really? Yeah. Oh my, I have not heard. Who this knew? One. Until I picked the kids up the day before St. Patrick's Day and was like, "Mom, we have to leave out this empty jar for the leprechaun to come and fill up the candy." <laughs> I have never heard of this. And damn I was like, damn pagan crossovers. <laughs> exactly. So Skittles became, because the rainbow, Skittles became right. the St. Patrick's Day candy. Perfect. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. So, okay. Brian, what's yours? What's your, what's your secret? You know, well, I rarely turn down chocolate, but probably my, probably I, because we have chocolate so many other times, I think jelly beans feel like the Easter mm. candy. They're and so my, eastery. They're so eastery, and my favorite is the black jelly beans. Oh, you're that guy, huh? So if I could get a whole bag of black jelly beans, which they do have, but you got to look for it, that that would be my favorite. So do you like the black licorice too, the long ones? The... You know, they're okay, but there's something even better about the jelly beans. Yeah. You know, the... once, once, once you go black. <laughs> the... the, the... <laughs> The the mm, okay. we've run out of. <laughs> All right, so it's gonna be one of those shows. <laughs> Everything's an interpretation, huh? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exa- exactly. <laughs> Whoo! Y'all are so punny. I'm telling you, just... it's what we do. <laughs> How did Easter go for you guys? Well, um, I do want to. I'll answer that by answering the question you hinted dropped earlier. Do you think Easter is harder for pastors than it was for Jesus? Um, we're going to say yes because one, um, Jesus, Jesus did it once. We do this every year. Yeah. Um, and and at our uh, at our church, we do two services because you know the Easter Christmas crowds roll out. So we do two services, and um, this particular Sunday I decided to uh, have some fun and sit in with the band uh, on a couple tunes, which meant I had to get to church for the rehearsal before the nine o'clock service. So I had to be at church um, like seven 30 in the morning, um, which basically meant I was getting up like six. I figured six 30 would give me enough time. I forget that for me, the earlier I have to get somewhere, the exponentially greater the time it takes me to get ready. Mm-hmm. So yep. usually the, you know, I can get up and I'll be there in an hour for the 9 a.m. pre-service meet-in for our usual 11 o'clock service. Now I got to be there at 7.15. I should have woken up at 5 a.m. Did yeah. not. Right. <laughs> so I got there late. I was there. I, I Everybody else was there. I was there late. Um, so, yeah, it was a long, it was a long morning. And then I got home. And you know when you're too tired to sleep? Like you're just yeah. kind oh, of absolutely. wired. Yep. 
So I didn't sleep, but um, I didn't get, I did sneak in an hour nap and woke up just in time for Jesus Christ Superstar, which yes. made oh, the so good. night. Nice. That so was good. fabulous. That was great. Oy. So you don't have, so you don't have a sunrise service, Brian, do you have a sunrise service? No, uh, no absolutely not. <laughs> so I, I, so I don't at this church, my last church did. And I have to admit that I, I woke up this year and like looked over at the clock because it was still really dark. So I, you know, I knew it wasn't time to get up yet because I don't get up before the sun. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> so I looked and it was 545 and I just, I just had this moment of like silence for all the pastors that had 6 a.m. sunrise service. Oh my word. Never. Um, just this like, not only would, I've, would I have had to be up right now, I would have had to like be somewhere right now. And I was like, just God bless them all. For and be, that. and be functioning publicly. And, right. Exactly. In like front of other people. And, <laughs> exactly. Like not just, oh gosh. So yeah, we, we, it's, it's, it's hard. And especially the churches that do, you know, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Easter vigil, sunrise, you know, they do the oh whole, my gosh. the whole triumph and like, so I love, I, I love in the Catholic church that the priests, there's eight days, like Easter day lasts eight days and they are like on mandatory retreat. Like mm. they, they all go to a retreat center all week um, on retreat. Now, maybe not, not every Catholic priest ever, but like, that's the tradition. And I well, love that. Know, tradition. Do you know why that is why eight days was happening? I don't know why the eight days, um, but one, I think it's really um, a beautiful, like respectful thing to do of Easter to like respect how important Easter is. But um, just I, the first time I heard of it, I was so captivated with the idea of getting the entire week after Easter in a I, silent retreat. Was I like was going to so, say, it's, it's just recovery time. Yeah, it was so appealing and so wonderful that I didn't ask other, I didn't ask the theological questions. <laughs> I was just more stuck on like, oh my God, that sounds so amazing. Tell me more about that. Exactly. So one quick story before we jump into more of that and, and when we give ourselves permission to rest. Um, Five minutes before we start our service, I suddenly remembered that I left a book at home that had a story in it that I was using oh for my, my sermon. <laughs> and I had this moment like, wait, what time is it? Do I have time to drive home or does someone? <laughs> and you sent Christy running out. And I looked at my watch and we were starting in literally five minutes. I'm like, there's not time. And then I'm like, wait, do I have that on my Kindle? I think I do, but I don't have my Kindle, but I have my phone, which has a Kindle app. So I like went to my phone queue it up. I had it in my library, hadn't downloaded it, but downloaded it. There it was. I was like, whew, didn't say anything to anyone. It just right. had this moment of like, did I just royally screw up? And it was all good. I had, um, I was 15 minutes before service started and there's a lot of moving parts on Easter. Right. And, yeah. um, everybody's there, like, everybody's doing something. And it was 15 minutes before and I was standing there and somebody looked at me and they're like, what do you need? Are you okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And I'm, I'm not used to this feeling like, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know what to do with this. Right. Like I have 15 minutes. <laughs> what Can we start? Do, what do I do so, now? <laughs> yeah. So, so how difficult is it for you guys, Easter and Christmas, especially to give a talk that doesn't sound like every other Easter or Christmas talk you've given? Because I mean, if there's two Sundays in the year, 
for me, those are always the hardest ones to write to talk about because it's like the same message basically. Yeah. Yeah. I think for me, because it was only my second Easter with this congregation, I felt like I, I still, it still feels fresh for what I'm for not repeating what I said last year. Right. Um, and also we so did a different, so that's code. That's code for you pulled up some old talk from previous churches. No, 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 I, I didn't, but I, I, used a theme that I'd used before I, right. I gave it in a new way. Sure. Um, it was a new sermon for sure. Um, but anyway, I, I know what you mean. I definitely know what you mean. I think after your four five, six, seven plus years in the same place, mm-hmm. those can be very difficult, um, uh, sermons. So I'm year, I'm year 15 of ordin like of, of not ordination. This is my 13th year of ordination, but like 15 years of being in a church, Mm-hmm. And, and um you know yeah. all of the sundays and this is so this is my 14th ordained i've only been a solo pastor i've never you know shared preaching with anybody um and and it gets it like this year was rough it was hard yeah and it, and the thing is though is that it wasn't um it wasn't my favorite easter sermon right but yes like there is an element where the message is always the same and coming up with a new way of looking at it is I actually find Easter slightly easier simply because I really can use all three gospels story. Um, Mm -hmm. Like I can switch it. We have enough. Yeah. We have enough different accounts that I think it can keep it somewhat interesting that way. Yeah. So there's, I mean, there's actually five resurrection accounts. I mean, if you include Paul's, you know, and um, so, I mean, even though I mostly focus on John, like I switch it up, but on Christmas, if you don't read Luke two, you know, Oh, I know you're out. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like, no one's interested in Matthew's version. <laughs> Nobody cares about any other, let, let alone gospel. Even if you try to go to Isaiah and do the wonderful counselor, mighty God, like right. they don't care. They yep. want Luke. Um, yep, for sure. And so that's harder for me, but you know, I, I find a hook. I find a quote, a way of looking at it, whatever. And yeah, basically, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking next year, interpretive dance. I mean, oh, with hoverboard, nonetheless, something, there we, there we go. <laughs> something. I mean, so, there, there are some great like plays out there and things like that that yeah. people do, but you know, anyway, that's true. That's true. So in, in any case, Easter, a huge deal in the church, huge deal for pastors. And so the three of us on the other side of it, this question feels timely. When do you feel it's okay to give yourself permission to rest? But for our listeners, whatever you're involved in, whatever your vocation, uh, your status in life, we're all giving of ourselves to others. And when is it okay to feel that you don't have to fix everything, make everybody happy, be on the go? Like, how do you gauge that for yourself? And when, how do you give yourself permission to rest? It's called happy hour, my friend. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's built in every day. <laughs> Sabbath is a daily cycle. Exactly. <laughs> Sabbath is not, but you know, uh, we, we, uh, you know, you joke at that, but, but it's true. Sabbath, the Sabbath is not, I don't see the Sabbath as a day. I, every day I take a period of time to sabbat like every day you have to take a a period of time for for rest um you know whether it's intentional like sit and meditate time or simply you know downtime where you veg out or you go for a walk or something um self-care remember being in seminary 
we spent so much time in class talking about self-care mm-hmm. and and the instruction we were given is when we sit down to schedule our week blocking times for self-care and by the way you know sit in and read in a book that has to do with you know a talk you're doing or your own for the education that's not self-care <laughs> right that's, that's you for your job right that's called getting your work done yeah, yeah right that's work so you know don't yeah. pass time doing that you want to sit and read go get a novel or something for fun but but you know and and we clergy um we 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 are among the worst offenders at, at self-care um but there are times when we do have to you know give up the self-care because somebody else is in an emergency. Right. Um, and I think also though, part of that is being clear about what emergency means and that their right. <laughs> interpretation sure. of it being an emergency does right. not mean it's our interpretation of an emergency. So you don't take a, a day off a specific day every week, Ogan. So, that- so my days off technically are Friday and Saturday, you know, those are my mm-hmm. weekend days. I, this is a Sunday through Thursday job, but for, uh, but because I have that flexibility, like say, you know, if, if it was one particular long day or night that I'm teaching, you know, I may not start work until the next day in the afternoon and take a longer morning. Or if like, I'm really not feeling it on Wednesday or Thursday, I'll say, you know what, I'm going to just take today. And then Friday will be the day I sit down and go work on the talk and do all the readings and stuff. So I kind of switch it around sometimes, but, sure. but you know, Friday and Saturday are the days off. And if like somebody really is in dire straits on those days, sure. I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go right. visit him. And I'm not going to tell the person who's in the hospital about to go into surgery and need, you know, needs, needs me to come sit, be with them, pray with them on Friday night. Uh, I'm sorry. You got to wait till Monday. Yeah. You say, how dare you break the Sabbath? Exactly. Yes. <laughs> That's not going to do that. Um, and then he's spit in the mud. And, you know. That's right. Exactly. Exactly. But if someone says, hey, you know what? Uh, I just want to come and have an appointment with you. It's nothing urgent. Right. But, but I got time on Friday. I say, well, no, Friday's my off day. Can we yeah. find a day that we can do that? Yeah, so that, that's good. What about you, Shannon? Well, no, I, I mean, I also take Friday and Saturday off. But I've, I've found so technology is great and wonderful, right? But I've had to really be intentional with not just like not working, but like, like I got a text yesterday and I, I took yesterday off. I always take Easter Monday off. Um, and, and I got a text yesterday that was like, Hey, I sent you a bunch of pictures and blah, blah, blah. blah. I just wanted you to know. And like, I, um, intentionally didn't respond back like thanks so much right like i responded back this morning thank you so much that i understand why they texted me but that didn't need to be like you sent me an email with a bunch of pictures like when i'm working again i will see that right so i didn't need to respond and i i'm trying to be very careful about even things like that of um in in terms of self-care and especially technology facebook messenger is another one like personal or soul which is fine they'll contact me through facebook message but i'm not going to respond if it's a non-emergency right yeah, until yeah. i'm working again see um, but you get yourself in trouble with that because if you read it you know they can see that you read it that's the worst well and if they ask me i'll say i read it to see if it was an emergency just like if you left me a voicemail yeah. i would listen to the voicemail Right. And if it's not emergency, I will get back to you on Monday or whatever. I scan um, I, when a Facebook message comes in. You know, I scan from the drop down notification at the right. top. And if it's, 
if it's not in, if it's not an emergency, I'm not opening it. Right. If the yeah. first 100 characters aren't an emergency, then exactly. it's out of your hands. But, but you have, I mean, you have to be intentional about telling them, not just doing it, but telling them that, That's right? right? Like, That's right. Yeah, is that, and right. because oh, yeah. when it comes to self-care and like this kind of thing, like I, I mean, I may even check my email, especially like I'll sometimes check my email Saturday before Sunday morning. And, and, but I won't respond. This is an area to me where I have to teach people how to treat me here, right? Like I, I have to teach you not to text me on my days off, or at least that if you do, I'm not going to respond. Right. Like, you know, I, that's, that's on me, you know, that's, that's not necessarily, I mean, yes, I would love it if they waited, but I, I get it. And I, when I, I sometimes do leadership trainings where we talk about this kind of thing, that if it can be an email, like email's much easier to control than text messages and Facebook messenger, you know, or even phone calls, right? Much easier to like, yep. I can turn that off until I'm working kind of thing. And so I always tell people, I said, I know that email now is a little bit antiquated in terms of our technology that why did you send me an email? It could be a text, but like for self-care purposes, yeah, send me an email if it's not, if it's not emergency. But yeah, we gotta, we gotta be good about that. Cause it's that, it's that principle of we can't help others before we help ourselves. And if we are burnt out, we're no good to nobody. And I bring that up because I mean, at least for me, those are, those are the little things that are the death by paper cuts things, right? Like, it's not just big things like always being on call and emergencies right. in the middle of the night. Like I actually don't mind those that much. It's the little tiny yeah. Yeah. Um, breaks of Sabbath, right? It's that's those. So how do I know? Cause I feel graded, right? Like I feel like I'm, I just, I have no patience left. I have no, and, and to be honest, like as a pastor, the, my kids get the brunt of that. Yes. And that's too bad. Right. But that's how I know, like I'm overworked. Right. Cause I don't, it, I'm not going to lose it on a parishioner. I mean, very rarely have I ever done that. Right. Where I've <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, of course. it has happened where I've like, just kind of snapped back. Right. But very, very rarely has that happened when it happens with my kids. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like I'm, I'm overtired here. And it's not just them being, you know, yeah, sometimes my kids can get on my nerves, but like, wow, I should usually be able to like be patient with that. Yeah, your nerves have a smaller buffer when you have not given yourself space. Yeah. We need to start like a clergy anonymous support group that, you know, with biweekly meetings, (laughs) you know, phone-ins, phone-ins, 24 hours, seven phone-in support. Well, that's a little something my husband's actually working on. <laughs> or, or just a weekly Zoom meeting over beer. Right. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever it takes. Listen, there, there, there are some days I need y'all on a Thursday, okay? I know. <laughs> we just did the show on Tuesday. I'm like, right. damn, I got to wait another four days. I know. Like I said, today felt like it should have been a two-beer day. I was like, I think I need two beers to get through. Personally, there's another indicator, like, how much am I drinking? Yes. Yes. That's a real indicator. That <laughs> like I real. need that beer at the end of the day. <laughs> I don't just um, want it. I need it. <laughs> so, so Brian is a person who uh, has planted churches, mm-hmm. you know, a lot. Basically, it's like you're you. It's like a person started their own business, which, right. Um, some of us know that when you start your own business, you are working like three times harder than if you go into a nine to five job. Do you have that similar experience? as you know a 
startup pastor? Do you find yourself working harder or is it like not so much? Well, it's, uh, it's definitely more fluid in that we don't have a building and there's no office and there's no staff. So other than me, so, you know, I, I have to self direct, uh, my, and self manage my time. And secondly, I'm working a second job. So I'm three quarter time at the church and, you know, halfish quarter time to a halfish at the other job. Um, so I don't really have a day that's my day off unless you count after church is over on Sunday through the rest of the day. Like I'm, I'm definitely not doing anything for anyone once church is over no. on Sunday. Sunday morning is a full day. Let's not yeah, lie about yeah. that. Exactly. <laughs> and so for me, Friday and Saturday are my like all in for to get Sunday morning ready because I'm doing other job and then other church stuff during the week. And then Friday is my get out the weekly email, get, you know, I'll, I'll have done some sermon prep leading up to Friday in terms of readings and, you know, thinking about things and getting ideas. But Friday's really my get that sermon done. And Saturday is like polishing the sermon. And I also print our bulletin. So that's kind of a production. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, you end up doing a fair so, bit, but I also try to find spots during the day, during the week where I, I just, you know what, if I need a couple hours on an afternoon to go do something, mm -hmm. I'll do it. You know, something I mean that I need, that's not for anyone. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. I feel like that's okay because I'm doing stuff. I'm doing plenty. So yeah, but I have to, I, I have at, to be intentional. At, at one point, um, at a previous, uh, church it was uh i took mondays and tuesdays off or actually no when i started this job actually i took mondays and tuesdays off um and the the problem was that the like the the staff were monday through thursday mm -hmm. or sunday through thursday and i was like wednesday through sunday so there was not a lot of time me and the staff were in the building at the same time doing things working together right, so that was right. part of why why i switched but i find that i relaxed more when it was monday tuesday off because even though i have friday and saturday off still two days there's no way on saturday the talk's not but you're not ramping up yeah. that i'm not ramping For up sure. emotionally the talk's running yeah. through my head it's, it's almost like a pseudo work day and it's work to shut that off. But when I yeah. took Monday, Tuesday off, Monday was like blank slate, man. I ain't thinking about nothing. Yeah. I've often thought that like when the kids are grown up, right. And you know, I don't need to overlap with their schedule or their days off or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And um, that I've often thought the Wednesday through Sunday for a pastor is a much better yeah. work week. I mean, in this ideal world or whatever, but you know, yeah, I would agree. I would agree yeah. because I, I'm the same way. Like, even if I tried to take Saturday off, it's just hard. And like, you yeah. know, when there's events Saturday night, I'm just not great at that. I'm not as social as I would be at other right. times. I'm not as, I'm, already, I'm, I'm preoccupied. I'm yep. thinking about I'm transitioning in my brain. Yes. Yeah. Agreed. But and, it I, makes, and I would I would love to do that, except for it makes it hard on everybody else who's got families and stuff. And oh, like, it's true. You know, Saturday's yeah. the day for for them. So in a little in a little you know in some ways that's like a self sacrifice. Right. I think for sure. maybe makes clergy to say we won't make everybody else work on Saturday. But when I did that, Saturday was like sermon prep day. You know. Right. I think that idea though of 
your days off or the Sabbath days being fluid is, I mean, yes, I think still, I don't know the numbers on this, but I think America still majority works Monday through Friday, yep. but it's not necessarily nine to five anymore. Right. And it's right. not, it's not necessarily Monday through Friday, right? Like there, there's a lot of jobs where the higher paying jobs are on the weekend and everything. And, and so you work these different fluid schedules. We have a, um, a, Spanish-speaking congregation that that meets in our building um, also, and they're the building use our calendar. They're there until one or two o'clock in the morning sometimes because of the nature of their jobs. And this isn't um, this is just the way that their church works. But they came to us and they said, you know, we want to be here till two o'clock in the morning. And at first, I admit that I was like, that's ridiculous, you know. Right. Whatever. And then I said, well, I, you know, luckily I didn't say that out loud. And I said, why, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they said, well, you know, a lot of our people work in restaurants and they're taxi drivers and they're, they're getting off work at 11 o'clock at night and they yeah. still want to come to church and they still want to participate. And we want to provide that for them. That's kind of genius actually. Well, and I thought, there you, I mean, there you go. Like these are, third shift workers, right. Or, or second shift workers that are getting off at midnight. Um, right. and, and I just don't know. I think, I think it's that nine to five idea is very different now. And so we all need to kind of rethink what Sabbath is. I mean, cause right. I, I wasn't around for this. I mean, as long as I remember stores have been open on Sunday, malls were open on Sunday, Yeah, you know, all of that. I, even in my lifetime, that's that blue law idea didn't didn't exist in my world you know yep but i think that's a uniquely cultural thing because there's still so many cultures that observe you know siestas every day right you know i'm from Which, barbados and can i move me. there please yeah really <laughs> I'm, I'm from barbados and like at 5 p.m everything shuts down like the only mm -hmm. thing that will be open after five is maybe like you know restaurants and entertainment yep. places but but all the like you know regular mainstream businesses like everything is shut down many even many of the tourist spots right. are like we're we're closing at four or four thirty like it's, yeah. it's like the sun's not going down for another three hours but we're done yeah <laughs> that is the work and saturday and sunday it's like yeah everything's nothing opens on sunday there's no store open in barbados anywhere on sunday see and i'd be okay if if nothing opened till 10 a.m but then everything stayed open till like you know <laughs> <laughs> 10 or 11 like I'm a fan that, of siesta that's like my siesta. work I, I want to I want to work for three hours then I want to take two hours off and then I want to work for four more hours <laughs> I wanna, you know. some, some of my days look like that actually <laughs> well they do mine too like you know that's you that's know. the privilege of the fluidity and so I mean I getting back to the like is it like is it harder for us than it is for Jesus of course not like but, <laughs> Uh, well, although, well, although you know, technically Jesus was raised from the dead, so he was kind of a passive recipient, right? He just kind of had to lay back and let it happen. Listen, I I can go through a lot of exhaustion, but like the <laughs> physical endurance of pain takes so much out of you. No, uh, yeah, no. of course, I'm, listen, I'm be, being okay. Oh, no, no, listen, cheek. and this is me for years saying, you know, can Jesus just die already? because i need to move on <laughs> like and oh, and when you think about when you, when you look at his the stories i mean i i don't want to make light of this but he had one bad day 
<laughs> like every other day, what's he doing? He he's walking around. No. People are taking care of his needs. He's showing up. People are bringing food. Stuff's happening. You know. You don't think all those healings took a lot out of him? I'm, exactly. Like, the crowds of people. He was like, wiped. The hey, hey, uh, no, no. He said your forgiveness has made you whole. He didn't. He didn't do nothing. The no, one. No, no, what no, is no, the no. one record we have of him being sapped? Was the woman who touched the hem of his garment? No. Right? If if he and, weren't exhausted all the time, he wouldn't have been running away to pray and falling yep. asleep in a boat during a like yep. a storm and exactly. there's no way that that three years wasn't the most okay, it wasn't I'm, easter sunday every day i'm gonna push back on that a little bit <laughs> call, call back to last week's episode i'm gonna push back on that a little bit i i personally think okay again with the exception of holy week i think jesus was so clear about his oneness with the divine that he didn't he didn't freak out about a lot of stuff okay why was he asleep in the boat maybe he was tired and he was also clear that that you know he was the calm of the storm he didn't have to freak out about it okay so i think that's why he was sleeping in the boat i also think he was a person who liked to disturb trouble and escape he was a and why did he always go away to prayer? He was a good model for self care. He wasn't on the clock all the time. No, okay. and I I so, agree that actually Jesus is a great model for self care. Jesus was yes, like God and one with the divine, but like also very human and had to deal with people, particularly the disciples, like these twelve who just continually didn't get it. And just constant issues of reteaching and reteaching, and why can't you just figure this out already? And no, I think he was exhausted all the time. I think it was the most excruciatingly three years of bullshit. You know yeah, and his first, well, his first sermon wasn't it in Luke four? I think he was in Capernaum or Nazareth, and they're ready to push him off a cliff. Yeah, he's gonna right? die. And then, and then he's like, you know, a little self care here. I'm just gonna walk through the crowd and yeah. disappear. I'm just gonna yeah and like but, there are so many also, crowds that they're like ripping the roofs off houses to lower people down to get to him exactly listen, listen. okay yeah celebrity can be exhausted but <laughs> he also sent those disciples on a lot of errands go get food here go get a donkey here like he sent them all over the place the man had an entourage of 12 he didn't know see no, I think that John 2, right, the first, the first, quote unquote, first miracle where he turns water into wine at the wedding. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not ready because that's the last moment he actually got to relax. Yeah. Like he was at the wedding, he's enjoying himself and his mom's like, Jesus, it's time. And he's like, nope, I like this life. Yeah. He says, good woman, what does life. that have to do with me? He's <laughs> like, this is good. Let's, and let's then keep the party going, party Jesus. That. As soon as he does that, it's all over. It's all downhill from there for him. You know, and he's so angry at the end. He's so angry and he's bitter and he's sad. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Those are all perfectly fine emotions, but like. Yeah. And wasn't one of the seven words, you know, like, uh, why have you forsaken me? And then yeah. everything sucks. Yeah. Pretty much. Everything sucks. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Y'all are bitches. Go away. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> nice. 
Where's my, my mom? I want my mom. Like, my mom. He did kind of. He did kind of. He, he kind of called for his mommy at the end. Yeah, he was yeah. like, "You started this. You got me into this. Now go be this man's problem." Yeah, exactly. My my four my four talks leading up to Palm Sunday were all about that. The all the quote unquote negative emotions that we see from Jesus, you know, and, and how him displaying his humanity is not a disparagement on Jesus, but rather, I think ultimately the greatest salvation message for us. Cause if the son of God is going to be having these moments, there is hope for all of us. <laughs> and there's, I think there's the point, right? Is that right. if you want to say, yes, Jesus, like, fully divine, fully human, but we can't emphasize his humanness without also sitting there saying like these people drove him crazy, right? Like, I mean, Peter, James, and John, who's the greatest, who's going to sit next to you, who's going to whatever. And he's like, you just don't get it. How many times do we have to go over this? Right. There's only room for one on this chair. (laughs) And my ass is really big. Um, no. <laughs> oh, wow. that's a that's a palm sunday joke just in case you were wondering oh um, look so at anyway. you <laughs> oh, yeah. i get it i get it you know the dwelling places on top of the th- i mean just everywhere yeah i don't know every every experience he has of the crowds with the disciples the teaching i mean i think that for jesus there was obviously right best teacher best wonderful and yet like the exhaustion of humanity got to him in the end. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that is actually helpful to me. I don't think he was the best teacher at all because if he was a really good teacher, they'd have got it the first time. Yeah, no, they were just... Can't can't blame the teacher for the students. At (laughs) some point, you have to ask, where's what responsibility lies with me as a teacher that these students are not getting it? I think there is an argument to be made that it was such a natural, whatever he was teaching was so natural to him that it was difficult to communicate because it was so radical, so different than anything Mm. they had heard before. And yet it was like the teachings of like Isaiah and the scripture and, you know, I have come to fulfill this prophecy, but like it was so radical to actually hear that and say that. And so outside of like going back to Jesus Christ superstar, right? Like, they're going to be pissed off because you're not the Messiah they, that they were promised, right? right? They, they were promised something that you are not, and yeah. you need to stop talking right now. So, G- so I got it. I, I see what happened. Jesus was an excellent master teacher. He just showed up to the wrong classroom. He was at the there wrong it party. Is. There it is. <laughs> oh, right. He was, he was, <laughs> he was way before his time. Exactly. He's teaching philosophy and he shows up to like, you know, the art of right. war class. <laughs> yeah. There that's you not go. A best, that's not the best analogy really, but. So, yeah. so I, I saw this quote and I'm interested uh, in your take uh, a quote on the resurrection, which says, do I really live like it was true? If the resurrection doesn't change my life, if it doesn't change the way I treat others, then it is no more than a fairy tale. Wait, it isn't a fairy tale. So it, <laughs> so it is, is Easter or is the resurrection dependent on me, on how I lived? Can I make it more real or is it something that happened or didn't happen and it can empower me or not? All right. So I have to tell you a story. There was a woman in seminary, God love her and bless her heart, who is, I'm sure, a phenomenal pastor. 
in somewhere in the Midwest in a place that I would never, ever want to live, let alone go on vacation. I, I thought this was about you when you're like, there's a woman that was in the seminary. I was like, oh, is this like asking for a friend? Yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> but she was, um, she, was, she was more conservative than I was. And she, um, she, was, she was older. She was really close to retirement age, actually, at the time. Um, and this was a while ago, so she may not even be pastoring anymore. But, like, there was a group, right, of, like, second career that came after they had raised their children. And, like, because women's ordination actually changed during their time. Oh, but yeah. they waited wow. until um, after they had raised their children to come to seminary, even though they had felt this call. And she was one of those, and she was the one that would look at, at us that were 25 or whatever and, and hadn't had our families yet and just basically, and she did tell me one day, she's like, I just don't know how you're going to do it. And I was like, well, I don't know how I'm going to do it either, but I'm going to figure it out, <laughs> you know, whatever. But she, um, every class, every time something would come up, she would say, what does this have to do with the resurrection? What? Everything, every <laughs> single discussion, every single thing was, what does this have to do with the resurrection? Which is like very, in, in, and again, not the same question, but it's just this very, if it doesn't have anything to do with the resurrection, then it's not real and it's not of God, then it's not, et cetera, et cetera. What do you mean Solomon had 300 concubines? What does this have to do with the resurrection? No, I'm not <laughs> kidding, Brian. That's exactly how it went. <laughs> that is awesome. Wow. And, and again, I, I, I admit that I read this question and I kind of thought the same thing. Like, if it doesn't change your life, well, how could it not change your life? Like, so obviously this uh, question is a very conscious, like if it's not constantly on my mind, like, or I'm not doing it intentionally, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of assumed in the question. Mm. Does, does that, like, is that, am I reading into that or? Well, I think. Like the resurrection has changed your life. How could it not, right? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Like if it, if the world is no different, then what does it matter whether the resurrection happened or not, I think is the thing. Like if, if lives aren't being changed, then. Well, let me ask this question. If the resurrection hadn't happened or the story of the resurrection hadn't happened, would we, would we have Christianity or would the story would have ended Friday night with this radical way Jesus was approaching things? So, so from, from, from a little, a literal religious history question, resurrection or the story of the resurrection hadn't happened. I think that whole like three year experiment that Jesus was on would have ended. Or there would have been, a book of prophet of Jesus, right? There would have been. Right. There would have have been added with, to the as a footnote to Judaism. Right. Exactly. Right. Yes. Right. He would have, it would have been Jeremiah, have been in, yeah, Isaiah been, and Micah and Jesus. Right. Or right. thrown in with like all the other, like, you know, like magicians of the day. Like, right. Like, what is it? Honey, like, the circle. Drawer Honey, the circle. That's exactly where I was going. The circle. <laughs> there drawer. You go. He'd have been thrown in with all those. So we have this story you know, and, and because of this story now, all of a sudden, this thing takes on a whole, it, t- it takes a whole different turn. And, right. and it continues to spread because of the story. Now, uh, we, can, we can argue, you know, did it happen? Did it not? Was it a, was it a manufactured story for the intense purposes of keeping it going? Um, oh. I don't know. What, what I, the, the thing I said on Sunday is that um, it it really it matters 
less to me whether you believe it actually happened or not. What matters to me is that it's a story that speaks to each of us being the resurrection. Every time that, you know, from, from Unity's metaphysical perspectives, every time we elevate our consciousness and awaken to that divinity within ourselves and live from that place, yeah. we are being the resurrection. And right. that's really what matters. Not if you believe he physically rose from the dead or not. Yeah. And I, I don't want to take away, I actually think it's a really powerful question to ask. Like, do you live as if the re- like as if resurrection is possible or yes. resurrection is true yeah. right do you live in a way that all things are possible and god can renew even what you think is absolutely dead right so uh, that could be all the way from a relationship to you know I don't know wherever you are in life or wherever you are in life project or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like there is all is lost. It is hopeless. Like, do you really live as Easter people? Right. Let's, let's quote Anne Lamont there. Right. Sure. Like live as Easter people. And, and do we do, I think that's a great question. I think that's a powerful question when it goes into the other questions, like if it doesn't change my life, if it doesn't, change the way I treat others, then is it no more than a fairy tale? Like that's a question of faith, right? What does your faith do to you? How do you live out faith? What does that look like? Um, Yeah. But yeah, the first part of it, powerful question. Like, do you live into the resurrection as if, you know, you are now the hands and feet of Christ in the world? That's a great question. But aren't some things better off left dead? Like, did we really need a Roseanne reboot? No. God loves that woman. Like, like she needs to go. Some things just need to be done. What's with wow. all the rebooting right now? There's a whole other discussion. Like, yeah, that is getting, a whole other, whole other things. discussion. We're holding, we're holding on so tight to when America was great, and really, Roseanne's what we need. I yeah, really don't. Roseanne <laughs> and a new show called The Cobra Kai, which oh, is. God. Johnny Lawrence and Daniel Larusso right? grow in their you middle ages. In their middle age. <laughs> in their middle age. Save us. So I preached, I preached on the Gospel of Mark's account uh, this year, mostly because I preached on John last year. And, um, and, you know, I noted that the story ends with three women fleeing in terror, saying nothing to anyone. And I said, there's no, no appearance of Jesus. There's no, right. you know, the, Mark doesn't give us definitive sort of proof, quote unquote. Um, and so I said, what exactly happened on that first Easter? And I said, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I said, I, I honestly don't know. Uh, but I, I said, I think Mark leaves it open-ended because he's inviting us to live into the story and to live into um, the hope that this is not the end. And um, it really is that sort of faith question in terms of what happened historically. That's an unanswerable question in the end. We have to land wherever we do, but do we live, as I think both of you have noted, in such a way that new life is possible uh, because of our faith in God, because of the life Jesus lived? Do we believe that love will have the final word and not hatred and evil and darkness? And if we allow that to empower us, we will live as resurrection people. And it's important to be able to uh, reconcile and makes peace with the fact that the historicity 
doesn't really matter ultimately mm. because there's so many people who've left religion because of the loopholes in the historicity and they're like well this probably actually didn't happen so therefore the whole thing is a sham you know as yeah. opposed as opposed to you know maybe this wasn't a historical fact but can we still derive inspiration from the story like do we really believe you know george washington never told a lie and chopped down a cherry tree right, exactly, no right. but yes but yeah. but but see what's different with this is that like like the friend that shannon alluded to for so many people the historicity of this event is the exact reason they they believe that they are christians and that their faith is correct and that they're going to go to heaven and that you know, eternal life is possible. And, you know, so if you take it away or if you even put in a little bit of doubt that, well, we don't know for sure or something else may have happened, you know, for some people oh, that's, it's over for their faith. I don't want to take it away from them. If that's where they are, they're happy. Right. You know, God bless them. I don't want to take it from them. I'm talking to the, to the other people who feel like they can't have a religious or spiritual life because yes. the history doesn't line up. That's right. And I, I do feel like it's unfair to have this, like, I feel like it's unfair to have this story be the hang up on, and, and yeah, right. I, and, and even, so, um, I, I've for me talked walking on, for me, the walking on water was the hang up. Well, and, and <laughs> put all the stories together. <laughs> we can use these things as an excuse, right? right exactly. And we can use them as an excuse to say, I don't, I don't, as my neighbor says, I don't subscribe. Right. Like, I don't, right. I don't, I don't. Yeah buy into any of that and push I'm like, back on that <laughs> i'm like if 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 that's your hang up then you have bigger problems right like yeah. i i i remember right. um i was talking to a friend of mine years ago and she was saying but you know she was like how how are you know how are you so sure i think i've told this story on here before like how do you know and i was like i don't i believe yeah. right and she just, I mean, she just couldn't, she needed to know. Yeah. And I was like, that's not what faith is about. Faith isn't. Right. And again, yeah. I, I like, I, it's not about knowing did Jesus physical body raised from the, it just, I don't need to know that. I need to believe that God is that big and vast and, and everything yeah. else. And, mm -hmm. and that's what I, that's what gives me hope at the end of the day. That's what helps me to, treat people differently to be honest right. like that that no matter where you are in life circumstances that things can change and things can get better and and that honestly what i like about mark's gospel is that that isn't easy that yeah. comes with a lot of terror and amazement yes. yeah. and fear and that comes with hard spiritual growth um which is yeah and what I like about that, what I like about that story is that we don't have any characters who witness the resurrection firsthand. They hear about right. it from the, the guy in the tomb. I said, that's where we are. None of right. us has experienced that day firsthand. We are all hearing it second, right. third, fourth, okay. you know, times a hundred. And if for whatever. no other reason, yeah. how do I know that, how do I know that love wins in the end? Or how do I know that fear doesn't win in the end is because we're here telling the story today. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. the women ran around, ran away in fear and in terror, and yet we're telling the story today. And yet we know, exactly. We know that they, so they that did, they did speak up, and we know, right. yeah, we wouldn't have this if they didn't go on and 
tell right. everybody, okay. you know. Like, like, like I said on Sunday, we don't know when, uh, if, we, if, if we believe that he was resurrected, we don't know when it happened. It could have been three hours after the crucifixion. He could have got up in time for Saturday brunch. Oh, or what? he might have been running late and like was resurrected like two minutes before the women showed up. Like, what exactly. time is it? Like, oh yeah, God, wait, go. shoot. Exactly. He was getting <laughs> no, that last round of heavenly. We don't know. So well, much about only, that we don't know. It's only in the apostle, or not only, but it's in the apostles' creed that like he descended into hell and right. on the third day he rose, right? Like that's not in the gospel accounts. Right. I mean, he, went to, he went to the real party. Isn't that in um, Jude? It's in Jude. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, it, dude. And, and hey dude and like but it's 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 an apocryphal idea right it's yes. not i mean and again like the gospel accounts aren't telling you what's going on in those it's not really three well, days it, but you know on the third day the 72 but, hours or however right. many hours it's a process of elimination he was dead so he's not here he's not up in heaven with his father yet well, where's he left and he again went. thank you pope that <laughs> hell isn't a place right but if hell is if, if hell is a is a separation from God, then when I mean Scripture really does tell us that when we die we die, and it's only yeah. through the grace of Christ that we're risen, right? It's only through the grace of God. So anyway, it's just for three days he was in 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 a place that was void of God. He was dead. He was done. Or as my as my favorite Easter joke goes, Jesus said. Yeah, I went. I went to supper with the disciples, drank some wine, passed out for three days, and woke up in a tomb. Like it was a crazy party. Was yeah, crazy. There it, I like that. That was some seder and, you know, we celebrated. And, and, and Jesus is a sad drunk, right? He goes to the garden yeah. and like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Take this cup. <laughs> oh my god. Take this cup. Wait, Nobody where's the cup? Where's the cup? where's the cop i can't find the cop all right we're gonna write a book about you know sad drunk Jesus. <laughs> oh <laughs> the my three gosh. days the triumph oh, <laughs> fantastic. um do we do we want to hit some headlines because your your thing about the pope trigger that i had that yeah had that is it time head. for pass or pour um so speaking of easter you're gonna love you're gonna love this one um a teenager needed to wake up for easter he wouldn't wake up so his mother tased him. Do we want to pass on that, or we want to want to pour it a little and find some more details? I think you got to pour that one. <laughs> a mother in Arizona, and this is from the Sacramento Bee, the rest of Arizona <laughs> Sunday after police say Arizona is the new Alabama. I'm just saying, <laughs> or Florida, Florida. Oh my God! Uh, she used a taser to wake up her 16 year old her 16 year old for an Easter service. And listen, as the parent of a teenager, (laughs) you were taking notes. (laughs) Sometimes you have to use extreme measures. Uh, Sharon Dobbins. (laughs) She told the police in Phoenix, she only, and I quote, she only sparked the taser to get the kids up for church on Easter. Wow. They like, actually using it on anyone, but they found some uh, marks on one of the kids who said it came from the taser. She was arrested just after 8 a.m. on Sunday. <laughs> How far would you go to wake your kids up? That's not that far. <laughs> no, not that far. Um, Although we have to work with our oldest. He, he's a sleeper. You know By all the right. way, my parents live in Arizona. So for all the people that listen from Arizona, I love Arizona. 
However, we love Arizona. Let's, let's, Your laws are crazy. Let's not piss off the Arizona <laughs> listeners. Hey, I live next door to Maine, whose state motto is live free or die, okay? So no, I know. That's, New that's, that's New Hampshire, New actually. New Hampshire. Right, New Hampshire. Live free or die. Live, live like, die. I always feel like somebody's at like the border ready with like a knife or something. Yeah. Like, are you living free? Yes, exactly. yes I am. Great, exactly. then you can go. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So this this next one this this one yeah. is going out. This is a tribute. This is going out to our uh, libertarian friend uh, Reverend Kevin, who was on our uh, uh, show a few episodes back, um, yeah. and we had this discussion about you know your neighbor should have a tank if he wants a tank or whatever. Yeah. Um, so this is a headline: A man rams an armored vehicle into a shop for a bottle of wine. Do we want to pass or pour <laughs> on this one? I, I'm a little done with crazy, so I'm gonna pass on this one. Since I brought it up and mentioned on Kevin, I'm 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 pulling rank. We're gonna talk about it just. We're a gonna bit. talk about it. Okay. Right, go ahead. This go is ahead. white people. This is white people shouldn't have tanks. <laughs> um, a man I feel rammed. Like that shouldn't need to be explained. <laughs> you think a man rammed an armored personnel carrier into a shop before climbing through the rubble to steal a bottle of wine in another town in Russia. He'd swiped the vehicle from a motorsport training ground nearby, driven it through the forest into this town, and <laughs> he drove it down the street, slammed into the window of a convenience store to get a bottle of wine. The footage showed him coming through, inspecting the damage, going to get the bottle, and just walking off. The most remarkable thing about this was that the witnesses in the tape do not seem disturbed at all. So, question... <laughs> How far would you go? As you said, Shannon, early, when you, some days when you really need that drink, how far will you go to get that drink? Boy. I feel like people in Russia just see shady shit all the time. <laughs> and so, like, when this happened, they were like, no, nah, whatever. Man in the tank, no big deal. Yeah, whatever. It's like a shooting in Baltimore. Like, oh, that's too bad. <laughs> it's it's Oleg. <laughs> You're not selling Baltimore very well there, my friend. I love Baltimore, and you should come visit, and you'd be totally safe. But uh-huh. yeah. that's our that's our MO. Anyway. All right. You that was that me. It. That was me at the end of Lent. But, you know, if I get that far where I need a drink and I'm going to, like, cause destruction <laughs> of property to get one, someone hold me back. Right. Exactly. And you, I mean, you were drinking peaches and cream there for a while. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're like, anything, anything, I will take it. <laughs> you might have could have used a tank on that time. Um, <laughs> you mentioned it earlier, um, why a papal comment about hell triggered a misunderstanding. We want to talk about the Pope and his hell comment. Yes, I want to talk about the Pope for and sure. his hell For sure, pour it. We are pouring that one. Um, do I need to give, uh, so the backdrop in yeah, case you it, hadn't it, heard, you're living under a rock. Um, the, the Pope was having this interview with the founder of a left wing newspaper. It's called the papers called La Repubblica. And the, the interviewer, his name is Eugenio Scalfari and he is an avowed non-believer. So, but his style of interviewing is not using notebooks or tape recorders while he's talking with the Pope. So, so afterwards, he published what he remembers or understood the Pope to say. And, and he quotes Francis, Pope Francis as saying something like this. They're not punished. Those who repent obtain God's forgiveness and take their place among the ranks of those who contemplate him. But those who do not repent and cannot be forgiven disappear. A hell does not exist. The disappearance of sinning souls exists 
And of course, the Vatican lost their shit around. They us. did. They lost their shit. In mind. And yeah. was kept, you know, was like rolling it back and so on because the official doctrine of the Catholic Stance. Church is right. it does affirm the existence of hell right. and eternity immediately after death. The souls of those who die in a state of mortal sin descend into hell where they suffer the punishments of hell, eternal fire. Now, in all fairness, we got rid of purgatory a few years ago. Yes, we did. Right? So and I limbo. Like and limbo. We got rid of limbo too. Right. So, so we got rid of that. So I feel, I mean, I feel like this is, this is doctrine in the way that they're, they're going to move to this soon. But, and I, I like, like most of the things in the Catholic church or even my church sometimes, but um, because the Catholic church has such strict doctrine, like most of the people, the lay people don't necessarily believe that, but that's the doctrine of the church. Right. Right. So I, I do feel like, you know, we all we all have said like we don't believe that hell or even heaven is a physical place that we could like visit right, right. it's it's a state of being and everything else and right and i think a lot of people including catholics like really do believe that also and the pope is speaking that in and through his experience yeah. but for me hell yeah. is a guy named dante <laughs> coming off the bench to score 30 points against your team <laughs> I mean, Dante and sorry, we got it. We got yeah, it. well, I mean, and most of our views, I mean, let, like, let's educate ourselves again, right? Most of our views of heaven and hell come from Dante's Inferno. Yeah, that's well, right? that's exactly right. They yeah. really, really do. So uh, here's here's a little bit of uh, more follow up to this. Um, the Vatican's clarification was described in some reports as a rebuke to the interviewer, Mr. Scalfari. Of course, as his fault. Right. <laughs> That's right. Turn, it around. Turn it around. <laughs> but was it at a stretch, the Pope's reported words might be compatible with, or at least not too far from, the church's standard teaching as laid out by some of its most firmly traditionalist representatives, including one of his predecessors, John Paul II, who said hell was the, quote, ultimate consequence of sin itself rather than a place Oh. Hell indicates right. the state of those who freely and definitively separate themselves from God, the source of all life and joy. I think it's so <sighs> important to remember, right? Like this Pope is not the first Pope to say that. This no, he's is, not. Right. He's not. This is not, this really should not be radical news. And I just got Sundays. I feel like I, so by the way, this is why I would make a terrible publicist because I would just go out and be like, <laughs> yeah, right. well, he's right. So why don't you just shut the hell up? Exactly. Like, call it a day. I, I love the reframing though. It's compatible with, or not too far from. Or not, not too, too far, far from. from. <laughs> and, and to bring this full circle about our self-care conversation, mad props to Pope Benedict, who was like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. Right? Oh I'm my out. God. Done. <laughs> I I love how it's like yeah. I have been wholly divine to be this. Exactly. Yeah, no, I this isn't for me, guys. I'm done. I don't got a lot of years left. <laughs> I ain't spending them like this. this <laughs> Put is, me up in a little chateau and I'm good. I mean, maybe that was what Jesus did. Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, you you well, never you never know. I mean, I do believe that like Jesus' crucifixion was a human need, not a godly one. But yet, there's some days where I feel like the human side of Jesus was just like, you know what? Hey, Judas, yeah. I got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Let's end this. And speaking of hell, here's the last one. Speaking of hell, United Airlines gives a woman $10,000 
after being bumped from a flight. Ten thousand dollars. You it. interested? Mm, Let's nah. do it. No, we pass. All right, we pass. It on All that. right. So last last headline. I need. Yes. I have a headline. Go. So Sunday morning, I'm in my office, and even though like this is pre the 15 minutes, so I'm not quite ready yet. So I'm kind of running around crazy, and a parishioner like runs in my office all excited and he's a very excitable guy he's like shannon did you read the new york times and i was like not this morning (laughs) (laughs) yeah hello like uh it's easter and i'm kind of busy and not a morning person so he's like but do you read the new york times and i was like yes he's like okay because there is a sub headline about white evangelicals would not even vote for Jesus Christ himself yes. if he didn't, if he ran as a Republican, and, or if he didn't, if he if ran, he ran right, if he ran not as a Republican, yeah, right, 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 exactly. I mean, uh, true story. He actually and like, and I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly, and. <laughs> and and he was like, it just it was a great article. I think you should read it. You would love it. And I was like. Yeah, totally. Yeah, catch me after do, service. I gotta go do twelve thousand things right now. <laughs> right, right. So all, I'll admit that I still haven't read the article yet. Well, but we, we that was a headline. Know, so pass all know If Jesus was alive and running, he would be an independent. He he would not have aligned himself with any of these ridiculous parties right now. Listen, oh. I don't think Jesus fits into a box. What? Yeah, I think that's right. I think <laughs> but that's, that's what I'm saying. Independence. Right. So, like, I mean, I, I think I think that it's yeah, but I, I think the comment is that the Republican Party has um hijacked. Hijacked, or I mean not even necessarily the Republican Party, but maybe maybe let's go to like the white evangelical, right? Like let's really let's really upset we which we know are our majority fan base. Let's not lie about that. We love uh, you all. <laughs> Are they out of mulligans yet? <laughs> like, you know, that, I mean, these are the, the, the people that like brought their assault rifles to worship that, you know, whatever that, and I, again, and I still think all these people are flat earthers, but nonetheless, <laughs> like, whatever that category is, that's like, no, I mean, there's no way, I mean, ethical boundaries don't matter moral boundaries don't matter i mean donald trump's presidency proved that if there was any doubt before that it proved it in my opinion there you go so yes i think that new york times article or at least sub sub headline i have not read the article yet is right on so i agree and a friend said to me well would you vote for jesus if he ran as an ultra conservative and i said well then it wouldn't be jesus right it wouldn't be jesus because by any account of his life he was not an ultra conservative, even by that, even by that definition Plus, of the word at that time. Certainly Plus, not by today's definition. No, and no. and if you show up today and you walk in on water and healing people, you don't need politics, my friend. You've already won. Right. Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I think that's why it's like, would Jesus be a Republican or Democrat? Like, there's nothing. No, there's none of that, right? Right. Like, was he political? Absolutely. But in political, in the way that like politics is about people, and Jesus was all about people. Yeah, and, that's right. That's right. And how and, and political and calling out the establishment that was was adhering more to letter of law than spirit of law. Right. But yeah. I mean, he actually, and unless he was pressed on government issues, he right. dealt much more with the church. You know, exactly. I mean, it was only the Pharisees that were trying to get him to do something 
you know, as and and therefore get him tried as a heretic. That and by, by the way, by the way, I want one of them Pharisee jackets from Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh my gosh, the musical weren't Go. they amazing? <laughs> awesome. Uh, by the way, I'm just gonna throw this out. They were very Black Panther. They were very geometrical shaped Ooh. and like. They were, they were very, they were very, it was like a cross of, Joy and I were just talking about this. I didn't realize they had hoods at first. So at first I was like, ooh, it's like Night to the Wall from like, uh, you know, Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game of Thrones. And there was that scene where you just saw the hoods. And I'm like, oh, they just went all Death Eater with the thing. <laughs> so, right, you know, right. Yeah. It was, it was a lot, it was a lot of crossover with the I, I'm works. just going to put this out there. I loved Caiaphas's cornrows. They were yeah. amazingly yeah. beautiful. Yeah. He was it. pretty cocky. Yeah, I agree. Now, I, I wish the director for me, Caiaphas needs a little more um, meanness. Meanness, gravitas, right? Yeah. Like he yeah. has, he has like this sub base. Sorry, we're on Jesus Christ Superstar live now, but there you go. Um, he has a sub base singing, and he needs to, he needs to not be on such a metronome, right? Like he needs to have more fluidity with the music and be more grandiose. I I feel like the director or the producers of that underestimated his role in yeah. all of that right right but that that was just the production the way that that was their choice but i feel like he is man he is a big deal the, for sure the, but you know don't we've talked about this last week don't you think again it's that we are so careful about anything that is anti-semitic that we we minimize perhaps his role intentionally well what i love about jesus christ superstar i'm gonna throw this out there is that the cast when when you're doing a play like this or a musical like this the the disciples become the ones that yell crucify right mm-hmm. like it's it the cast if you look at the production it, it it's very fluid like yeah. the 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 um I, I don't know what they necessarily call them but the background singers right the people yeah 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 play the, the crowd yeah the crowd right also play the people that are holding the judgment robes you, for and, sure and i thought this would did a beautiful job of that yep. um and and john simon you know john shows up and peter shows up and all of that but but there's this fluidity of um yes we're very careful to not be anti-semitic and we shouldn't be anti-semitic in this but we have to understand the reality that Jesus was part of this religious tradition. Of course. Yeah. It has to be historically grounded. Yeah, exactly. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I thought it was beautifully done. I thought John legend left a little on the table. I agree with that. I thought he held back a little too much. I need Jesus to just put it all out there. Um, now granted he might've had some voice struggle because musical theater is different. I've been there, but that, that, that was not a night of R and B that he was singing. Um, No. And, and, but, but like, but there were, so by the way, my husband who hates musical theater, (laughs) I mean, not hates it, hates it, but like, you know, it's not as bad. Totally watched it with me and like, wow, that was beautiful. That was really good. It, it, It was the best time was watching Twitter freak out about all the glitter that the glitter by the way whatever the hell judas was wearing in the end <laughs> yeah. I, I was like man that somebody posted so that's what they did with all the glitter they put it in judas's they pants put it in judas's <laughs> pants Woo, buddy nice. but Shimmering. Oh but i i do think especially for 1971 jesus christ superstar was very theologically advanced for its time mm. oh absolutely I, I do it was for sure. great i loved it
Thank you, friends, for tuning in to Pub Theology Live. Uh, you can, of course, tell your friends, share on social media, listen anytime on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or iTunes. Please rate us over there. Uh, all the stars we prefer. And uh, if you want to watch us live, check us out on YouTube or the New Thought channel. And if you'd like to find a Pub Theology conversation where you can just show up at your local bar or brewery, then check out the director at pubtheology.com. And thank you again to our sponsor, Wink Wine Club. That's Wink with a C, who you'll find at trywink.com slash ptlive. So until next time, friends, drink responsibly and keep those conversations flowing. Derek's home today. I had him bring me another beer. I wondered. <laughs> and I needed I all like, of the double can today. I was just going to say that as well. I was like, uh, like I finished all my glass and then I was like, nope, I am, nope, it's a two beer day. It was. You, <laughs> you called from, it. You went from it is finished to <laughs> nope, it's not. It, it is not done yet. Oh, wait. We will resurrect this resurrection. Yeah, he brought, he's about like, you know, about 2.45, I was like, yeah, I'm going to need another beer. <laughs> we, we went from it is finished to woman behold thy second beer. <laughs> exactly. All right. Bottoms um, up. I got to run. Yeah. All right. Likewise. Cheers, friends. Thanks for Cheers. sympathizing with me, and we'll see you next time. Blame it on the Villanova. Oh. Because they played so well. <laughs> <Ooh-hoo-hoo-hoo>. <laughs>